The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray, and this is episode 79. And I am really, really excited that we're going to be talking about uh, PTSD among firefighters. And I cannot wait to introduce you my guest, Carl Waggett. Now, Carl is from Canada. For all you Canadians out there, uh, you can relate to where he's coming from. Uh, he is a full-time fireman, and he's right now the acting um uh, captain, and he has a lot of things he wants to talk about. He's going to talk about his story uh, of PTSD. I want to hear a little bit, what is it like among firemen? And he's going to talk about that and some of the things that they face on a day-to-day basis and things that we probably don't realize that the, the, the trauma that they see can play a, a huge effect on them. And so we're going to be talking about that in just a minute. And welcome back to the Mental Health Today show. My special guest with me today is Carl Waggett. Carl, thank you and welcome to the show. John, thanks so much for having me on the show. This is fantastic. I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I appreciate you taking time out of your, out of your busy schedule to be with oh, us Oh, no today. problem at all. Yeah. Yeah, no problem at all. Well, very good. Well, let's get right into it. And I'm really curious to hear a little bit about your story. Uh, I know we talked a little bit offline. And uh, I just really want to – I'm curious. What, what is it that you're, that you're trying to do? Uh, I know you, you have a podcast too, I believe, and you're also a full-time full, a firefighter, and mm-hmm. you, you're wanting to talk about and spread the word out about PTSD. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of an interesting story, actually, because uh, up until 24 months ago, I, I didn't think for a second PTSD existed in the emergency services. Yeah, no, no, it's true. I, 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 that's what I thought. I mean, I was born in, in 1975, right? So I was an 80s kid, you know, and I, 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 I grew up watching some of the most epic war movies. Oh, I love the 80s. Love the 80s. Thank you. Good. <laughs> I got a shout out for that. So, no, th- that was always fantastic. So I always thought, you know what, if, if you didn't go through what John Rambo went through, then I'm sorry, you don't deserve to wear this PTSD thing. Well, anyways, about 14 months ago, uh, a very good friend of mine, you know, he took his life. Mm. And, you know, whenever you hear that somebody takes their life, I mean, whether you want to or not, you put them in a category. You think, okay, well, you yeah. know what? Yeah, maybe there was a drinking problem. You know, there's there's other problems. But the problem was is that I knew this guy, right? So it was, yeah. it was, a, little bit, it was a little bit different for me. So, you know, it frightened the life out of me because we, we talked about this a little bit before. And, and, you know what, this is back before there was any PTSD name on it, right? But... You know, I remember my buddy Gene saying to me, you know, you uh, you carry this stuff with you. You know, when, when you see this stuff, it doesn't just go away. And I remember that. And, and, and when his when he took his life, it was at a stage that I was in where I just uh, I just gone through a separation myself. And uh, I I'd met a wonderful person that uh, was actually a 911 fire dispatcher. She worked in dispatch. 
And uh, we were we were living in a in a house together, blended family. Everybody got along, right? Even the guinea pigs, right? Everybody <laughs> it was incredible. And honest to God, I couldn't feel anything. Mm. I, I wasn't I wasn't angry. I, I wasn't sad. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't anything. I was I was completely flat. Now now to somebody listening to that goes, oh, okay, well yeah, you know you have flat days. Okay, no problem. Right? I'm I'm working in a dream job, right? A job I've always wanted to do, right? with somebody who is now my my absolute best friend and i i don't feel anything so so i'm thinking to myself okay what's going to happen in 10 years you know and right. and and then then my friend took his life right so so all of a sudden we have a subject of ptsd in the emergency services you know it, it's creeping up the the data's flooding in there's no doubt about it there, there's there's no denying it you know and and the, the problem is is that I would feel more comfortable telling people I have a Coke problem than telling people I have post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, it's not something that's discussed in the fire hall. Now, I think when, when something starts taking people's lives, I think that's when somebody has to supersede their own embarrassment and kind of stand up and go, look, something's not right here. So that's, that's exactly where I started. You know, I, I, you know, as we kind of talked before we, uh, you know, before we started recording here that I have no idea about all this digital stuff and da, 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 da. Like, I'll tell you what, it, it, it's really no match for the human spirit when it wants to get a message out. Mm. Yes. And, and I, I found that very quickly that, you know, I, I think I'm similar to most guys out there. You know, we all chase the dollar. There's no doubt about it, right? We all we all want the nice things. We want the nice houses, the cars, and all that jazz. But for the first time in my life, at the age of 42, I was I was now fighting for a cause that superseded money, hmm. and it, and it was amazing the doors that opened. I mean, well, yeah. look at the look at the situation right here. I mean. You know, like I said earlier, I'm a fireman. I, I I break stuff for a living. Okay, not 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 too sophisticated. Okay, when when everything comes apart, they call a bunch of guys like me, and then we well, we go fix it the best we can, right? right? But all of a sudden, you find yourself in in a situation where these incredible men and women that you work with that have unfortunately now become your best friends, you're watching them kill themselves. Yeah, and I'm not not just through suicide. You have to understand. I mean it. All of a sudden, you know, it, it starts to wear on you. So now, now, granted, I mean, you can you can live that life if you want to. I mean, that's that's in, entirely your your choice if you choose to live that way. But when I started to find out that there was information that could stop that, well, I I, I didn't feel right just hoarding that information and keeping it for myself, right? So, so yeah, I thought, well, I'll be the fool with the sandwich board on, right, running down the street telling everybody about. <laughs> Why not, right? I mean, I, I, back in college, I used to spend really good money to make a fool of myself. So I, I might as well do it for nothing, right? Right. So, and 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 that that that's exactly what drove the whole uh, well, the podcast, for instance. So uh, it right. was desperation, I suppose. Well, I I remember when I first started my podcast uh, a year and a half, two years ago. And I had no idea what the response was going to be, uh, who would listen, if anybody would listen. And really, I was just kind of blown away, you know, and and I quickly realized that a lot of people want to hear uh, about this kind of stuff, mental health issues. And, uh, you know, over the last several years, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and very similar stories of, of suicide or anxiety and and I, I, I'm really, really happy to have you on, Carl, because I want to bring oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. a spotlight to first responders and, and, and you all in the emergency services. And, and we just don't realize, the public doesn't realize 
that you see death and near-death experiences on a daily basis, and we don't realize what that does to the human brain. Well, it's it's interesting. I mean, I can remember growing up thinking that all emergency services were just, you know, after they were done work, they were put in a, in a glass jar that said break in case of emergency. And then when, when they needed them, they brought them back out again, sure. right? Like, it's almost like when you see your school teacher at the movies and you're freaked out because they're a normal person, right? But I think what the general public don't realize is that these these men and women that are in, you know, police, fire and ambulance, right, correctional services and, and military, well, they got husbands and wives and kids at home, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, it's funny because I always see that when I, I watch, uh, you know, you turn on CNN and there's a horrific accident where there's a, a police shooting or there's something. And I'm thinking, you know what, that poor bugger probably had 15 minutes left on his night shift, mm. you know, and the whole world came apart, yeah. right? He probably just did a 12 hour shift. He's tired. He's fed up. He's, you know, he's had enough, you know, a teenage daughter's driving him nuts, whatever station captains, you know, on them again, and, and all of a sudden the whole world comes apart and these guys have to deal with this, you know, and, and I think what we're starting to see in, in the news, right, when the data starts to flood in is I think we can all agree that life is ramping up. It, it's getting faster and faster and faster and faster, right? You know, we're starting to see stress affecting people every single day. Well, I, you, you got to start to understand that the emergency services, they're not immune to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, so, exactly. And, and, it, and, and it's funny. And, 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 you know, I have the same image of a firefighter in the 70s, you know, big jolly fellow hanging out, having a smoke on the, on the ramp, right? <laughs> Kids are playing basketball. They're flipping the burgers, right? Whatever. Yeah. You know, they all go home. They have a barbecue and they got a great life, right? Well, it's a little different when you're actually doing it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you know. It's I not a TV watching... show. It's not a movie. Well, this, this is it. I mean, even though we we definitely hands down have movie moments, I mean, we are not immune to everyday pressures. Right. Right. It, it's what happens. So now, when you take everyday pressures, okay, and and you mix that in with with some of the things that we see, and I mean, I, I don't get into the whole shock value thing. I mean, my word, you can go on the internet and see worse things than I can tell you. But when you mix those two together, it's a, it's a really, it's a deadly cocktail is what it is, you know. And I think it's time that we we stop looking at it as, okay, well, you know, maybe it's mental illness, you know, and maybe start looking at it as this is actually killing our friends. Yeah. Okay. And when we start looking at it that way, maybe we'll start giving it the respect it deserves. Because, hey, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning of this interview, 24 months ago, are you kidding me? No, I didn't believe in any of this stuff. You, yeah, as far as I was concerned, this was somebody who wanted to get out of work, right? If, if, you know, if you don't like the job, I'm sure you can go be an accountant. Off you go. Right. right? Yeah, and but you, it's, and I, it, I, I don't mean to interrupt you there, Carl, but yeah. I, I think that is a common thing that you just mentioned, sure that is. you didn't think it was that big of a deal. You didn't even know it was a thing. And it's never a big deal what happens to you exactly right? exactly and oh. i think so especially guys oh my god we we, we as men we have a hard time admitting that we need help that we can work we through do. it you know we're tough we can do this and i just need to i just need to put my my mind aside and just do the job and me? 500 years ago men used to move mountains yeah. good god they used to build giant skyscrapers right, right? And I'm, I'm having a problem with something i saw like you must be joking it's almost humiliating right right so and i think this is where ptsd hides and i think it's i think it's a very cheeky little disorder i think it's very clever actually and i think it it hides in the bravado of the individual yeah. of saying nah you're good man 
Right. Like, come on. And I think as soon as you start pointing around the room and saying, okay, look, well, Ted, he's a train wreck. Look at him. Right. And, and Dave over here, my God, he won't even talk to his wife. Right. Yeah. You know, at least, at least I'm not as bad as those guys. <laughs> so Carl, what, what, what would be, what would be some things that you could, uh, some tips of helping other people who might think they have PTSD or maybe they do have PTSD or, or perhaps even mm-hmm. other firemen. Right. What, what well, can you do if you think you might have some of these symptoms? Well, I, t- I tell you, you know, you talk about uh, PTSD as far as a single incident, okay? And we take we talk about a single incident like uh, the Oklahoma bombing. You know, we talk about uh, the World Trade Centers, you know, the Boston bombing, the Marathon bombing. Sure. Right? You know, people who are in instances like that, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that, yeah, you're going to have some kind of recourse from what you've just seen, Okay. Now, the problem with the fire service, emergency service, correctional, uh, you know, all them, is that we're more looking at an exposure situation. And I think that's what surprised me the most about post-traumatic stress is because there was no call that bothered me. I mean, obviously, okay, there was parts of town that I avoided because I didn't want to go there, right? Right. But the problem is when when more of those places back up, you realize that the, the war lines start getting pushed against the door of your house and you can't go anywhere anymore. So, so no, no individual I know wants to admit that they're being beaten by something, but that's, that's exactly where my isolation came from. I just didn't want to go out anymore. Yeah. So I think to the emergency services, I, I, I think people that are in this, the biggest warning sign that I found is just that absolutely flat monotone emotion towards anything. Nothing was fun anymore. Yeah. Like nothing was fun. Like, I mean, so somebody could say, hey, listen, Carl, I got a great idea. I got tickets right behind home plate. The Yankees are playing the Jays. Let's go. And I'd go, uh, looks like it's going to rain. You know, I just, I can't be bothered. Yeah. You know, that's not normal. And that right? brings up a really good point. I think um, just you saying flat, almost like just a flat effect. Uh, Completely flat. Yeah. That, emotion, uh, emotionless. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 Perhaps people would even recognize that as a symptom. You know, they might just chalk it up. I'm just having a, a bad day or a bad well, week. You, you can have a bad day, but I, I think when it starts to turn into a bad couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because people say, oh, well, that's that's kind of funny. No, I'm serious. PTSD is a slow cooker. Yeah. Okay. This is not something that happens fast, especially with the exposure. And and I think the thing that's most frightening about it is it, it actually convinces you to do the stuff you're doing. You know, I uh, I definitely had a problem with isolation. I didn't want to see anybody anymore. Right. right. So what were the odds of getting me out of my basement when it was my idea? Right. <laughs> Nobody was forcing me to do it. Right. It was my idea to run away. Right. So I think that's what's so scary with the post-traumatic stress is with the warning signs, the, the, it's the individual's idea. I think it takes a very, very strong friend or spouse or child to snap somebody out of it. I think you bring up a really good point there. Uh, if someone comes up to you, let's say you might be struggling with PTSD, you may not realize sure. it, but a loved right. one comes up, a friend, a spouse, or even a, a child, and says, you know what, I think there's some things going on that we need to talk about. Uh, what, what, what were some of the things that for you, Carl, that you've learned, uh, as you are living through this, you right, you know, you said you, you didn't even think PTSD was a thing, but no. then, then you, you struggled with it. What, what are some things that have been helpful for you?
We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. The most helpful thing I found with post-traumatic stress is is an old lesson my father taught me. It's safety in numbers. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, isolation is is the is a tool of post-traumatic stress. You can hear a giggling in the corner of the room. It, it really is. I mean, because once once post-traumatic stress gets you alone, okay, that's when your mind can really go to work on you. But I'll tell you what. I've never in my 14 years on the fire service seen an individual hurt themselves in a room full of people. Mm. Okay. So, so, and, and you know what, you can, you know, you can look at any kind of medical journal. That's 14 years of riding on a truck. Okay. And, and, and any kind of self harm I've ever seen is in a room by themselves. Mm. So obviously I'm not the sharpest guy in the world, but (laughs) you see patterns enough. You start to pick up on it. Right. And you go, okay, wait a minute. Somebody's in trouble. Don't leave them alone. Well, the problem was it was my idea to be alone. Right. So how do I combat myself? So so to individuals out there that can feel themselves, you know, really pulling back from people, people annoy them. Oh, my God, my poor mother. Oh, <laughs> it wouldn't matter what she said, right? It drove me bananas, right? Just drove me bananas. Oh, but, you know, going back to that not feeling anything, when you can stand in front of your mom and watch her cry and not feel anything, something's broken. So I think I think what PTSD does is takes you on this real self journey of who the hell are you? Mm. Because I think I think we've all seen in those uh, you know those uh, cartoons back in the day, right, where the supervillain disguised himself as the hero, and now there's two heroes fighting, right? Right. So so which one do you shoot, right? Well, you, the one that has the most knowledge of the person who they're supposed to be. Mm. So that's 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 what I found with with PTSD is there's these, all these little pockets. So so when you start to see something that's as dangerous as this, hey, I'll tell you what, you give your buddies a heads up, because I don't think this is something that if you have post traumatic stress, you truly feel that okay, this is something that you have. You need to get a medical doctor on your side, because this is something that, that you can't just battle on yourself. And, right. and if you'll and if you'll stay with me on this one, the reason why you need professionals, because I was always, look, just rub dirt on it, you'll be fine. Right? That was a mentality, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem with PTSD is is that you block memories out. Okay. And when I got on the fire service, there were certain calls that I thought would bother me. Okay. Any human being can probably think about five calls off the top of their head that would be horrific to watch. Okay. And we don't need to go into detail, just you know, right? But the problem is, is that what you realize through this journey is those aren't always the ones that bother you. Hmm. Believe it or not, it's the ones that sometimes you forget about that flank you. (laughs) Okay. So when, excuse me. So when you have an individual that's showing signs and symptoms of post-traumatic stress and they're irritable and they're upset and they're fighting with their spouse and da, 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 da. Well, 90% of the time when men fight, it's because they're scared. Hmm. Okay. I know that's when I fight. Yeah. When I'm scared. 
So when you take an individual who feels like he's under attack all the time, but doesn't know why he's under attack, guess how punchy he is? Mm. Pretty punchy. So, so what PTSD does is quietly pushes the loved ones away. And what do they do? It gets them alone. Right. Once you, once you get somebody alone, you got them. Yeah. See, it's, you really got to start to look at this. And, and I think, I think this is why I jumped on this as much as I do. Cause sometimes with mental health, you, you put a new rub on it. Okay. This, this thing's attacking you. <laughs> mm. Okay. If PTSD is doing one thing, it has to gain ground. Okay, it's not like it's going to meet in the middle with your mind and say, okay, I've, I've, you know, I think I've consumed enough. No, 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 no. It wants it all. Yeah. Okay, so if you're starting to notice this PTSD, guess what? It's not going to stop till it's done. So it's a constant battle to gain you back. And, and, and until we start looking at PTSD through those eyes, I'll tell you what, it's going to take a lot more people. It will because it, it, it wears you down. It's, it is, it's quite a battle. And you can see how people will spend as many years as they do with it because it's just, it shatters them. Yeah. And, well, and I, I think you're right. It, it, I think a battle is a very good description. And so many people are battling. And like you said, the worst thing that can happen is that people battle this by themselves. And most of the time that they're by themselves and they're thinking in their heads that they are the worst person in a human, in a human race. And then they start to do things that are negative towards themselves and maybe towards other people and they don't realize that it's the PTSD that's driving them and turning them into a different person. And so it is very, very important to seek help, talk to somebody, talk to a, a professional like myself, a therapist. And uh, I, I've seen many people come to see me in my office who struggle with PTSD. And, and, and I do want to point out, you don't have to be on the front lines, whether it's military or, or, uh, first responders to develop PTSD. You can be, uh, things can happen uh, in your life and you not, you're not necessarily uh, doing like going to battle or something like that, but it, it, just normal it, everyday things can cause your brain to react. And, and, and when, you're, when, you're, when you are faced with uh, feeling that your life is in jeopardy or somebody else's life is in jeopardy, that can produce a traumatic event in your brain, and then that that then can produce PTSD. Uh, so if you even think that you have it, please get help. And that's the biggest thing I know, Carl, you're, you're advocating as well. Don't do this alone. You've got to get people on your side and preferably a professional to help you as well. Well, you know what, and, and I, I couldn't agree more with what you say, but to, to, to really – put a picture on this okay i heard a devastating stat uh, actually in the united states there um 22 american soldiers a day take their life with post-traumatic stress mm -hmm. so now we've talked about um how ptsd pushes people away okay so let's say for argument's sake of those 22 people okay let's say 10 stuck around okay 10 of them stuck around and said okay look i love this person enough that i'm gonna stick around the rest just they they leave they can't deal with it anymore okay so that means in the United States of America that 220 people are devastated every single day. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it is. That's, you, know, you know what? That's an epidemic. Yeah. So, so you have 220 people a day that wake up the next day and get news like that and can't go to work because they're devastated. Right. So you know, when you start to look at it that way, you go, holy crap, this is really something. And you, know, you, you were talking earlier about you, know, you don't have to be on the front lines. 
it's funny in the fire service we're terrible for this i, I mean everything's a competition my word google has killed every competition in every fire hall right right <laughs> it, it it is true right and you know i i think the biggest problem is it turns into a monty python skit right you know like, you were poor well you were lucky right electricity oh right <laughs> so it turns into one of these and i think the problem with ptsd in the fire hall is that you'll sit there and you'll go okay this bothers me but that guy last week went to a kid who hung himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to complain. Hey, you know what bothered me the most? Okay, 14 years on the job, you know what bothered me the absolute most? Was the elderly. Mm. It was the, you know what? It was the it was the elderly people in these little tiny hotels and nobody looking after them. Mm. You know, I'm not talking about the elderly with, with you know, four daughters and three sure. sons that all show up and, oh, okay, we'll take you to the hospital. No, I'm, t- I'm talking about the elderly where there's just him or there's just her or, yeah. or you, know what, you know what the worst ones are when there's him and her and they're just looking after each other. Mm. And, you know, I think to myself, Carl, don't look at him. Like, just, mm. just don't even look at him. Like, I mean, and it's funny of all the, of all the things I've seen on the job, sometimes it's the non-gross ones that bother you the most. Yeah. So, so there's a great example of calls that can flank you. Yeah. Um, I'll guarantee you that call that I'm just talking about right there, I jumped on the truck, I went back, uh, as soon as my boots had the apparatus for it, I never thought, never thought about them again, mm. guarantee it, right? But this is why, you know, there's a lot of things, and, and let's be honest, I mean, you know, 22 American soldiers a day, these people fight in wars, yeah. okay, these are some of the toughest men and women out there, okay, what's taking them down is bigger than that, so... <laughs> You know, at some point, uh, you, we need to give a little bit of respect to to that alone, right? Absolutely. So, you know, and I, I think in, in a world where um, everything's dangerous, oh my word, right? you turn on the TV, everything can kill you. This is actually killing people. Right. You know, and, and, and not only that, hey, you know what, if you, if you want to look at it from a selfish standpoint, if my kid is choking at three o'clock in the morning, I would like emergency service workers that aren't up in their head when they're coming to the call. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I want those people to be as sharp as I can possibly make them. So, you know, this, this, obviously this information has been out for a while, right? And you know all about it. I can, I can only imagine how frustrating it would be to, to know this and know you can help people, but you know, if I could, if I could take a little portion of my life and just dedicate it to, hey, you don't have to go through this. Hey, if you want to go through this, if you watch those '80s war movies and you, you know, you you want to live in a cabin and you know the single light bulb and nobody talks to you. Okay, great, awesome, great, go ahead. But if you don't, there's an option, yeah. you know. And 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 I think that's because there's people out there that are going to punch a hole in this, right? I guarantee you, there's people in fire halls right now going, ah, it's a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. Great. Good for you. You know what? Enjoy the rest of your life because I'm going to enjoy mine. Yes. Okay. And that's why I'm doing this. And your family is important yeah. as well. You know. I, I, I do I know this, that after you retire from the fire department, police department, emergency services, they're not the ones that are going to look after you. Right. Okay. So as you get older in life, it's going to be the people in your family that are going to have your back. So, you know, if, if you're if you're not wanting to get help because what people at work think, sorry, you're more than likely going to get moved stations in three, four years. You you may not be even be in the same division as them. Yeah. Yeah. The fact is there's there's individuals like yourself out there that can really, really take the sting out of this. So please. They just have to be willing to get the help. It's funny because we have abs- we have absolutely no problems going for help when we hurt ourselves from the neck down. Oh yeah, 
You know, I don't know how many times I've blown shoulders out. I've had back surgeries, twisted. I tell you what, I don't. When you're a firefighter, all you do is smash your shins on coffee tables working. You know, it's not like the movies, right? You're running, you're banging into everything. Walk around your own house in the dark. Yeah, right? Right, imagine going right. to somebody else's. So you're always hurting yourself. That's what you do. But for some strange reason, when we get injured from the neck up, everybody goes, oh, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just um, I'm just going to have a bath. I'll be okay. No, you know, it's not going to do it, man. So if you've torn ligaments in your back, you need help or, or in your shoulder. So if you've – listen, if you pulled something in your noodle, there's guys out there that can help you with that. Yeah. Off you go. Right. right. So you have it. So, you know, and that was really the whole – well, I guess that's my quest so to speak, right? Well, Carl, I, I, I want to, we're going to have to wrap up here really soon. Oh, I'm great. really, really uh, curious about uh, what you're doing uh, with you, – you said you have a podcast. Are there other things that you're doing that maybe people who are listening that might be able to follow you as well? Well, you know what? I, <laughs> I am absolutely forced gumping my way through this. I really don't know what I'm doing. I, I, you know what? I, I, like I said, I realized the sandwich board wouldn't work, so I found out about these blog things. I, I thought they were interested. And then I, I found out about WordPress, and, and then I built a blog, right? Because this is what firefighters do. They just – we just improvise, mm-hmm. right? Sure. That's, that's all we do is we just improvise. So then I, I you know, I, I started doing the blog, and, and, you know, I think my mother looked at it, and that was it. So, you know, I'm not getting the word out with that. And I didn't have thousands of dollars to be on the first page of Google. Mm. So, I, you know, I started this podcast thing. And, and to be honest with you, I'm just, well, rambling on, aren't I, about, uh, well, stuff that everybody knows but nobody's saying. Let's put it that way. Right. Like, I mean, you know, I remember saying to my buddy, look, think back 10 years and, and, and name me three guys that are happy when they retire. Mm. Okay. That's a problem. Yeah. I mean, when you retire, you should be happy. You've worked hard. Please right. enjoy it. Right? right. My goodness. You know, you, and the problem is too many people look at retirement as the end. I mean, if you retire at the age of 60 and you're lucky you live to the age of 80, well, that's an entire life for some people. That's mm-hmm. 20 years. Sure. So if you know if you think you're going to sit on your couch and watch MacGyver for the next twenty years, buddy, it's going to be a long time. <laughs> you know, you got to get out there. The sun's shining. So where can people find your podcast? Or yeah, your podcast and and what's well, the name of it? And yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate that. Well, our blog is at uh, obviously www.ptsdbunkergearforyourbrain.com. And it's a PTSD bunker gear for your brain on iTunes as well. Oh, great! So, if, yeah. So if if you, uh, if you if you go onto the 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 website there, you can uh, you can go onto uh, iTunes. You know, do us a favor and subscribe. Apparently, that's quite good. Like I said, I'm learning all about this. <laughs> so, you know, I watch this thing on the internet, and they say tell people to subscribe. I go, okay, perfect. Tell people to subscribe. Right. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. So yeah. Like I said, I, I there's really no game plan. It's very similar to a house on fire. Right. Just Get the people out that are in danger, right? Get everybody else out and then make sure it doesn't fall down on you. It's really simple. <laughs> well, it sounds great. Well, I'll, I'll make sure I put all the links in uh, my, oh, my like show notes. And I want people, uh, especially if you, you are in the emergency services or, or uh, firefighters, I, I don't know if that's what your, your intended <laughs> audience would be or maybe just anybody. I'll tell you what, and you know, a little message to anybody who's listening here. Um, anybody who's showing any signs and symptoms, signs and symptoms of this, you've got to give John a shout, okay? Because it's it's look the same way as if your house is on fire, I would come and put it out because that's what I've learned how to do. That's what I do for a living, right? Guys like John fix these problems, mm-hmm. and and the problem is is that guys like me are only just starting to learn this. Hey, right. professional professional athletes been doing this forever. Are you kidding me? 
Oh right. yeah, they normally they have their own therapist. Well, of course. Or the whole can team. You imagine, can you imagine going to the New York Yankees and saying I can make your guys tougher so they don't crack? <laughs> the Yankees, well, geez, no, I think it's hogwash. Get out of my office. Are you kidding me? No, they want them. It makes them stronger. So, you know, guys out there listening, give John a shout, honestly, because he can well, he can fix this stuff. And, and, you know, there's a little theory I have about a garage, and, you know, maybe I'll share that next time. But it really it paints a picture of what goes on in your mind when you've cleared up from PTSD. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Very, very good. All right. Well, Carl, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, spending some time with me. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, definitely, I'd love to have you back on, and and uh, you know, you can tell more stories. I know people like to hear the stories, and uh, I just want to thank you for your service. Oh, thank you, please. And no. uh, you know, any anybody who's listening to this, if you are in the fire uh, department or police department, any first responders, thank you so much for your service. I know, I know what you go through behind the scenes that most people do not know. Uh, so I thank you for your service. Uh, please don't do this alone. If you're hurting, if you feel just blank, uh, as Carl was describing, get oh, yeah, help. You can't do this by your own. Yeah. It's, like, it's like going into a house fire by yourself. You can't do it. It's That's too right. dangerous. Seriously. Right. You, you, you need people around you because you are going to trip on this journey. There's yeah. no way around it. You have to. Exactly. All right. So, All right, Carl. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you no, next thank time. Thank you, John. Appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. Take care. And that was Carl Waggett. Thank you, Carl, again. Appreciate that. Uh, always really a lot of fun to be able to bring on uh, people who are out there that maybe you might not hear about otherwise, uh, like this fireman from Canada. <laughs> Where else are you going to hear from a, a fireman from Canada? Uh, but Carl's a great guy. We connected, um, and we've been talking back and forth. Glad to finally have him on. Uh, just really appreciate his courage to be able to come on and talk about this. I don't know if you realize this. It does take courage for people who are kind of what in our minds are supposed to be the tough guys, right? Uh, and so it is, uh, it takes courage to come on and talk about a story and to share. And if he can do it, you can do it. So please, if you get anything out of this, if you're struggling with PTSD or if you think you are, don't do it alone. That's the worst thing that you can do. Reach out for help. Talk to somebody. Go talk to a professional, and they're there to help you. Thank you so much for listening and for watching. If you're watching this on Facebook Live, uh, awesome. Glad to have you. And this is something new, and so you might hear some things. Uh, I'm not editing anything. Everything is live, even the audio, uh, and that's okay. What you hear or what you see is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's good though. Uh, I hope it's it's um, I hope it's uh, it turns out well. And if you are watching or listening, uh, there is something kind of new that I've just started. Uh, if you're able to, uh, I'm I have a Patreon account, and you can go to Patreon.com/slash John P Cordray. Hop over there, and what that is is um, I, I'm needing other people to come with me, join with me, uh, to be able to do production. I love doing this. Uh, it's not always easy, and it's, not, uh, it's, it's definitely not cheap. Uh, everything I do is free, and I know not everybody can support me, but the Patreon, it starts as low as $3 a month. Uh, and if you can't do that, that's fine. You can do a different amount, uh, but if you want to go check that out, 
awesome. If not, that's okay. Still listening, still tune in, and I hope you're subscribing to my uh, my channel, uh, and that is great. So until next time, don't forget to smile more, take care of yourself, and thank you so much for listening to the Mental Health Today Show. And that's a wrap. <laughs> hey, thank you, everybody, uh, on Facebook Live. I appreciate you. I, you know, when I'm doing the recording, I'm not able to uh, talk specifically to make comments. Uh, I probably will as I get used to this <laughs> because uh, when I was talking with Carl, I, you probably heard him, but you didn't see him. We tried to actually get him on uh, Facebook Live with me so you can do the side-by-side and see his face. Uh, but for whatever reason, it didn't work for him. And so then we had a switch, uh, to Skype. And so I just piped him through my phone and, uh, into my audio and hopefully it turned out well. Um, I think some people, uh, in who were watching said it turned out well. So thank you so much for watching. <laughs> I will be putting this up on, uh, YouTube as well. Cause I know I have people who follow me who are, are not on Facebook, but they would rather watch on YouTube and vice versa. Uh, so I will be putting this video up on YouTube uh, as well. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. i got to let you go. Uh, I have things I have to do today. Uh, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.